was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I am so excited about the series that we are starting, a brand new series. And the name of the series, the title of the series is called Vivid. And we're going to be talking about what vivid means. And then beyond, around that word, we're going to build up some things. As we have been going through uh, situations in our nation and in this world lately, one of the things that has been on my mind is us reflecting back on what our foundation is in Christ Jesus. And so that's what this vivid series is going to be about, talking about those foundational truths that make us who we are. And if you know anything about a foundation, that is what you build upon. So I want to go back to the foundation and talk about the foundation. And then as we continue on, we'll start building upon that foundation. So, again, our, our series is called Vivid. And our sub-series uh, is called Putting on the New Self. Putting on the New Self. Title is Vivid. Subtitle is Putting on the New Self. Our point is that our behavior and relationships should reflect our new life in Christ. I want to say that again. Our behaviors and relationships should reflect our new life in Christ. One more again. Our behavior and relationships should reflect our new life in Christ. The word vivid of itself means to producing a powerful feeling or a strong, clear image in the mind. Some folks say uh, you have a vivid imagination. Some folks say, uh, I remember it vividly uh, to talk about how well that they can see it. It provides this nice, colorful uh, picture in the mind. Because you know in our minds we don't think in words, we think in pictures. And so they see it as if it's happening right before them. That's what the word vivid means. So when we're talking about vivid, we're talking about seeing actually how we should be living and seeing it in such a way that it provides an image to our mind to show us how that we should be going forth in our new life. We're going to be coming from Colossians, the third chapter, starting at the first verse. We're going to go for a little bit and see how far we get into that. Colossians, the third chapter, the first, starting with the first verse. It says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. This is the English Standard Version. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2 says, Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Then it goes on and says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Verse 4 says, When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. So just quickly, those four verses, I want to uh, just jump into that just really quickly 
and and point out the fact that when uh uh you have been colorblind all your life when you've been colorblind all your life all you see is grays whites and blacks that's all you can see and then something is given to you or something is done so that you can now see colors it provides a new level of depth to what you see it provides a new clarity to your perception it provides a whole new way of seeing how things are there's a, a bunch of stories on YouTube where you can see where folks are putting on these uh, Krona glasses that provide you know color for for uh, folks with color blindness and you can just they just start crying because all they saw was the, the drab the white the gray the black but then when they put these glasses on and it somehow makes it so that their eyes can see color then they see more depth they see more beauty they they're just overwhelmed by what I saw before is nothing compared to what I see now. And in these first four verses, I want to point that out that what you saw before is nothing compared to what you should be seeing now. Because it says that we have been raised, we have been elevated with Christ. So once you elevate something, then it is seen at a different level. It's seen at a different perspective. The view may be bigger. The view may be higher. But the, part, the, it, the uh, whole point about it is, is that it's seen differently. Because it has been placed in a different position. And so it says, because we have been raised with Christ... That our vision, everything that we look to, should be looking at things above, that's in the heavenlies, that is where God is. It says that's because that's where Christ is seated, seated next to the right hand of God. So our perception should not be focused on the things of the earth. It's like when we accept Christ in our lives, it puts these glasses on our eyes. The Bible actually says that it removes the scales from our eyes and we're able to see in a new way and a new direction. Our perception becomes different. And so it's saying, so once this happens, that our mind should now be focused on things above, not on the things that are on this earth. And sometimes I think that we can become so enraptured in what's going on around us that we actually lose our ability and our focus to focus on Christ and his leading. There are a lot of things that are going on uh, in the world around us. And I tell my, my pastor friends, I said, listen, we are the uh, purveyors of righteousness. We should be preaching Christ and we should be exalting Christ. We shouldn't be wrapped or wrapping ourselves around certain issues that are going along in the earth because Jesus says, if I be lifted up, 
that he's going to draw all men. So if we are not elevating that which we know can help people, then they won't see, they won't know, and that means that they will continue to be in a downward and depressed state. And so I want us to, as we're looking at putting on this new life, that this is not something that we can just do and forget about it. It's a process. We constantly, I don't know how many of you all wear the same socks for a whole year. Hopefully nobody's doing that, but there's some changes that have to come, go on, right? I know some of y'all probably change your socks two or three times a day. But my thing is, there is a process of taking things off and putting things on. And this is the same thing with this foundation that we, which were brought up, uh, David said, I was uh, shaping, uh, born in the sin, shaping in iniquity. And that means that it, our propensity when we're born is to be selfish and to do things only that we want to do. That we don't care about anybody else. But Jesus says that I've come that you might have life and have an abundant life. And the, the power of the abundant life is that it helps others to achieve also what God has for their lives. That's why he said, go ye therefore unto all the nations, preaching the gospel, uh, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and teaching folks to follow after Christ. That is why this process is the way it is, because for so long, a lot of us have been so focused on what I want, what I need, what I want, what I need, is that we don't realize that God's purpose is to make us united as a group, as a body that goes forward, touching other folks and showing them there's a new way, a new way to see. And that when you look at this new way, it is vivid, that it is bold, it is uh, colorful, and it is something that you can see in your mind. So, so then it goes on, he says, okay, he says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, in verse number five, he says, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. He says, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. God is coming back to this earth. He is coming to this earth to penalize those that did not accept him as, his, as their savior. Now, that makes me go back into a point that folks will ask you, well, if God's a God of love, why would he uh, send folks to hell? Well, my answer to that question is, God is a God of love, and he loves you so much that he allows you to make a choice. And if your choice is not to be with him, then he lets you go with your choice. Now, I know what you are probably going to say. That's not right. That's not love. But that is love. Love is allowing you to make a choice and not to force you. That's what love does. Love allows you to make a choice. And that choice is your own. We see all the time 
on television about folks that are held against their will, either because of mental or physical, some type of level of abuse, and that's not how God does business. He shows you love by allowing you to make the choice and to get the consequence or the benefit of whatever your choice is. So, in these things, you too once walked in verse 7, when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. So first he talked about sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetedness. Then in verse number 8 he says, But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. It says, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. So lying is a part of the old practices. Lying, deception, uh, manipulation, all that is part of your old way of doing business. Now we're establishing a new foundation in your life based upon the example that Jesus set and to walk in that example. So we put away these uh, selfish desires. We put away the uh, evil desires, the covetedness. We put away anger. We put away malice. We put away obscene talk. We put away lying. We put away, not put on. We put it away. We get it away from us. Uh, throw it in the uh, dirty clothes, not to wash it, but because we're getting ready to throw it out. And then he goes in verse number 10. He says, and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So what that is saying is, as once you've accepted Christ in your life, you are now a new creature. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us that. It says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Have we ever thought about what it would be like if you had a brand new something but you really liked the old one better even though the old one I, I, you know a lot of guys I know uh, a little older guys they they're older now so they're not about the, the brand new cars they say I'm gonna drive what I got right now till the wheels fall off and if the wheels are still close to the car, I'm going to put them back on and drive it some more. And so some folks don't want to put off the old because they're used to it. It's comfortable. It's something that, you know, I don't really have to worry about. Now, you know, I have a few issues with it. You know, I might have to change some things, you know, and make some adjustments. But I don't want to get new with, you know, where everything's working because I'm, I just like this much better. But when you have when you invite Christ into your life his his whole desire is to make everything new in your life he's come to give you life as i said earlier and give you a life that has an abundance to it an overflowing another way they say it is to, that he fills you to the full that he takes you all the way up to the top because of his love for you Okay, so it says, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. That image is the image of Christ. When God looks at us, when we have accepted Christ into our lives, he's looking at the imprint of Christ in our lives. 
our righteousness, everything about us is based upon us accepting Christ in our lives. It is important that we accept Christ in our lives. It will cause a change in us. It will motivate us. It will push us. It will set us up to operate in all that God has desired for us to be as citizens of heaven. Here's a really good part. I love this, this verse right here. It says, Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Verse number 11, I believe is so pertinent right now. There's no division. With Christ in our lives, we are all Christ followers. It doesn't matter what your past was because behold, the past is gone and the new has come. So whether you were black or white or red or green, a Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, all that is irrelevant because you have accepted Christ in your life and your focus is on things above and the things of heaven and being a good citizen and a good ambassador of Christ, that stuff doesn't have the effect of you moving in a direction that you need to go into in order to conform to the image of Christ. Bless you. And then he says, Put on then as God's chosen one, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint again, now I just want to point this out. He's saying, you know, have this holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And he says, and if one has a complaint against another, forgive one another. So there, as we're going through this process, there's going to be some complaints. There's going to be some, some uh, bumps. There's going to, you know, everything's not going to be perfect, but the power of forgiveness allows us to overcome whatever the complaint or the obstacle is so that we can become even more under conformity of who Christ is. It says forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. Why? Because we are examples. We are the reflection of Christ in how we conduct ourselves. Remember what I told you. We're putting on the new self. The new self uh, let me let me hit you with it again. The new self has uh, compassionate hearts, has kindness, has humility, has meekness and patience and is bearing with one another and forgiving each other just like the Lord has forgiven us. And then it says, and above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. There's a song, uh, the commercial that used to used to uh, uh, be on a, uh, a commercial that used to be on the television, and it was a Coca-Cola song. It's like it said, "I like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony," because harmony is melodious. It 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 allows every part to come together and create a sweet song. 
And God's saying, if you place love as the preeminent characteristic of who you are, of how you conduct yourself, of where your focus is, you will create a harmony with others, which can be that which draws others into the kingdom. And then it says, 15, it says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your heart to which indeed you are called in one body and be thankful. Now check this out. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Your heart is your center. It's where your emotions, it's where everything about you resides. It's not necessarily just it's not necessarily the muscle, but because the, the heart was considered to be the center, that is what they're talking about. Of all that you are, let the peace of Christ, the peace that passes all ability to understand, be in your heart. The peace that enables you to stand in the midst of chaos. Now, we talked before about the, uh, the word peace, uh, when we reflect upon the Hebrew for the word peace, which is shalom, and that does not mean uh, necessarily just cease from hostilities or cease from conflict. That means living a life of fullness, wholeness, health, and to operate in a state that does not have stress. That's how he wants us to operate in a state that we're not stressing over. We have confidence that God's able to do what he said he's going to do and that he says that he gives us his peace. Not as the world gives, but his peace is from the very throne room of God. And then it says, let the word of Christ, the words of Christ, the word of God dwell in you richly. And teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So this ties into that binding everything together. Love makes this harmony because we can sing together. We can worship together. We can do all these things together, even if we are not necessarily together. Because we can all, from our locations, give worship to God. We can bless His name. We can exalt Him. We can sing songs. We can sing hymns and just bless the name of God. And it will draw us all closer together as we draw close to God. And then finally for today, I want to hit you with this. If there is any point that I want to bring out Today, it's going to be this 17th verse. And this is going to be our last verse for today. And it says, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, and giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever you do, what Whatever you do, whether it's your words or your actions, do it in the name of Jesus, as the representative of Jesus. As you are a citizen of heaven, realize that you are reflecting your citizenry when you speak 
and in your actions and whatever you do in word or deed do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ giving thanks to God the Father through him so our focus is making sure that in every word that we speak that Jesus is a part of our vernacular in everything that we do, that we're doing this as a service to show God how much we trust Him, how much we love Him, how much we depend upon Him to keep us in our situations. And as we operate in that, that God is able to do a great and mighty thing in us. So a quick little thing that I want to close with is this little story that I found. And it says, once there was a briar growing in a ditch, and there came along a gardener with his spade. As he dug around it and lifted up the briar, the briar said to itself, What is he doing? Doesn't he know I'm a worthless briar? But the gardener took it into his garden and planted it among the flowers, while the briar said, What a mistake he has made planting me among these beautiful roses. Then the gardener came once more and made a slit in the briar with a sharp knife. He grafted it with a rose, and when summer came, lovely roses were blooming on that old briar. Then the gardener said, Your beauty is not due to what came out of you, what came out, but to what I put in. We are that briar. And some of us think that we are just not worth. No one wants us. But God is able to take us out of our situation and place us in his garden. And the Bible says that he engrafts his word into our lives. And when that word is engrafted into our lives, it changes us from being just an ordinary briar to then it can, we can become a beautiful rose bush. But it's not by anything that we've done. It's all because of what the gardener did in this story. And it's all because of what Jesus did in this life. And Jesus in his life came and he died. He gave himself up to pay the price that we owed for our sins and our transgressions. And because of that, God is now able to put his word in us and his word is able to come out of us and create something beautiful that attracts others and causes others to see God's beauty in our lives. And so I want to encourage you as we go through this vivid series that we are wanting to get this picture in our minds of what it's like, of how we were and how because we've accepted Christ in our lives that he has placed his word in us and his word has brought out beauty in our lives. Isn't that a good thing? It has made us have compassionate hearts. It has made us be kind. It's made us humble. It's made us meek. It has given us patience. It has given us love. It has caused us to, although we look one way, that our words and our deeds reflect something different than how we look. 
because of the word of God that is in us, that we're standing on, and that we're walking in. And I just want to tell you, if you have not accepted Christ into your life, that today is a good day as any to, to begin to do that process. It's not a hard thing. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And then it also says that if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. So it's simply a declaration, a confession, if you will, of letting, acknowledging that God has done something in your life. And he has done something for your life. And that you ask for his forgiveness and that you accept that he has forgiven you and you accepted what Jesus has done for you on the cross. And if you have done that for the first time today, please let us know so that we can provide you with information so that you can go forward in establishing your solid foundation, your vivid solid foundation in Christ Jesus. Because that is our whole desire for you. I also want to remind everyone that if uh, you go to our website, you go to our YouTube, uh, you can get more information about our organization, but most of all, our whole desire is that you become all that God has created for you to be. And we also have a link on our Facebook uh, for the service today. And if you click on that link, in first, uh, it talks about the worship songs for today. And we have a set of songs that you can listen to throughout the week. That's just to be a, an encouragement for you because we want you to have that firm foundation in Christ Jesus. That's all we have for today. Thank you for helping us jump into a new uh, series I believe this vivid series is going to be very, very foundational in your life to help you become more conformed to the image of Christ. And we're just going to be, we're believing God's best for you this week, that His glory will shine all around and about you, and that you will be encouraged in Him, in Jesus' name.